How are you today? Hi, you're listening to The Real World Podcast with Brian and Bobby. I am Brian. And I am Bobby. And we are a mother and son team that uh, the whole purpose of the podcast was to pit the millennial versus the baby boomer. See if we have differences of opinion. We do seem to share a lot of thoughts. Um, (laughs) Similarly. Um, but not everything for sure. Usually when it comes to politics, we have um, pretty different opinions, but we try to tackle different kinds of topics. Uh, you can reach us at realworldpod at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions for topics. We really appreciate hearing from you. And what we thought we would talk about today is weight loss struggles. And I, and I would term it that as weight loss struggles because... For any of you who have tried to lose weight, you know it's a struggle. <laughs> I mean, I've been pretty much overweight my entire adult life. Um, within After a couple years of getting married, I put on a bunch of weight and kind of kept it. And I've been married for 40 years. So that tells you um, the kind of struggles um, that I've had. I've actually recently, over the past few years, I lost... Um, 60 pounds, then I gained half of it back, but now I've lost virtually all of that, but I still have 20 more pounds after that. So I have 24 pounds to go to get to my goal weight. So that's actually not too bad. That's pretty close. So um, this journey is tough though. It's like every day is a struggle. Um, and, and why is it such a struggle to lose weight? What do you think, Brian? I think I'm going to quote or my father, your husband. <laughs> It's always fun getting fat. It's never fun being (laughs) fat. (laughs) You know, I I talked to um, him this morning about it and asked him, like, you know, what his, what's his biggest struggle? And, you know, he thought that, like, the hardest thing for him is going to bed hungry. Like, he can't sleep. If he doesn't eat before he goes to bed. So he and I have actually different styles when it comes to eating. Like I'm hungry from the moment I get up in the morning. Like I'm just, I wake up hungry. And I have been like that since I was a kid. I've always been hungry when I wake up. And, but by dinner time, like after dinner, I rarely ever have anything or I just, I have to force myself to, um, if, if it's, you know, something that I, I need to eat more on the diet. And then Dave's the opposite. Like, he literally doesn't eat the first thing until, like, noon. And he can be doing a lot of physical work. He can be at work, whatever. He doesn't eat until noon, but he wants to eat from, like, especially from the time he comes home. He's pretty good between, say, noon and dinner time. But he just he just really struggles in the evening. He just wants to eat at night. Like, And I think that's because when he does eat, he feels satisfied and can sleep. Yeah. That's actually really interesting. I actually, actually talked with dad a bit about this a couple weeks ago, and me and my dad talked about me struggling with my weight loss and my some of my eating habits. Uh, one of the things I learned while talking to a counselor a lot of last year, shout out to him. His name is Max. He's an awesome dude. Awesome. Uh, whenever we're tired and we want to eat, or whenever it's late at night and we want to eat, we're most likely not actually hungry. We're actually tired. And our body is just telling us that we need to eat because it wants us to stay awake. So it's telling us to, to create more energy. 
And that's, that's interesting. That, that's actually helped me a lot because I realized I'm not actually hungry when I want to go to bed. Mm. I'm just, I was just coincidentally always craving food, but I wasn't actually ever actually hungry. Well, I, I have to believe that about ton. dad. I'm just saying I help, I have to believe that about dad because he'll be hungry an hour after dinner and he's eating a big dinner or at least a, an average sized dinner. I'm like, how can you be hungry in an hour? Although I have to admit though, like I'm hungry in the morning. So my time, my hungriest time is the morning. Yeah, it's no, hungry as time as evening, and so really, it is. It's better to eat more in the morning than it is in the evening. But I'm on a specific diet now called Optavia, where it's a very low calorie diet, and you eat their food. Um, you have what you call fuelings, and you eat five of those uh, a day plus one lean and green meal, and that basically consists of five to six ounces of protein, depending on whether it's uh, fish or chicken. You know, with fish, you get more than uh, chicken than beef. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, they want you to eat lean meats, and then you have three uh, greens, as they call it. So a green is either a cup of lettuce or a half a cup of other kinds of vegetables. So obviously, you get more when you eat the lettuce or the greens. Um, so if 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 you need a you know more volume. You definitely want to have salad because yeah. you're getting more to eat. And that diet is actually very successful. That's what we lost our weight on the last time. And, I mean, you can lose the weight, and it comes off pretty quickly. Like Dave has some health issues, and all of those health issues went away when he lost the weight the last time. The problem is it's like any other diet. As soon as you go back to being off that diet per se – you're going to gain weight back because you're going back, you're falling back into the habits that you don't want to. So I think the key to weight loss, and I have been, you know, on this roller coaster my, you know, most of my adult life, is being able to maintain. I mean, it isn't losing the weight that's the hardest. The, the hardest part is actually maintaining that weight loss. And I know like with the Optavia diet, they have a prescribed way to transition. So you reintroduce certain foods back into your body over like a two to three week period. And it takes you months to like get to the point where you effectively can eat everything. Of course, they're always going to recommend that you don't eat the processed foods, the junk foods, the sugar sweets, things like that. Uh, I yeah. think we have to kind of look at those types of foods differently like it's okay to have them periodically for a special occasion let's say birthday party you know christmas whatever but you know we don't or thanksgiving of course we want to have a piece of pumpkin pie but you don't want to have all the leftovers of the pumpkin pie over the next several days right i mean you can allow that's yourself to have part. it i know that's the challenge you know and and habits i think again i think <clears throat> excuse me the the habits that we form from the time that we're young are so critical. And I have to admit that like when I was growing up, we had so much junk food in the house and we could eat it whenever we wanted. And it, we didn't have any restrictions on it. And my dad was always one, Hey, let's go get some pizza. Let's go get some Coney Island hot dogs. Let's, you know, whatever. And I mean, like this would be for a snack. This is after dinner. Like that to me would be dinner, but this was, you know, after dinner snack. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. And we, we weren't the uh, healthiest family by any means, but I do remember the one or two times I did do that with dad. It was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. <laughs> but it was, but it was like, 
dad never did that with us. Yeah. Which is good. Like yeah. how much bigger would we have gotten if dad was taking us out to get pizza or McDonald's or oh, something after dinner? Yeah. That, that, I, that, those were not, <laughs> definitely not good habits, but we allowed definitely too much junk food in the house too. And you really didn't have restrictions on what you could eat. I mean, there were recommendations, but it was there and it's not yeah. like we put a lock and key on the pantry so you could kind of eat it. And I see how my grandchildren, they deal with it so much better. And like he, like Jace, he's almost five, but he already has a handle on sugar and he knows it's okay to have it periodically, but he knows it needs to be limited. So, um, they're going to have a good life. Yeah. I mean, it's Health just, it's just going to be easier for them because, yeah. you know, frankly, the weight loss struggles, it is a real issue. And, and so many people I know, uh, maybe some have more to lose than others, but regardless, it's, it's a struggle for, for all of us that have had weight issues. And frankly, you know, why do we do that? You know, like why do we overeat? It's comforting. I think for most people, it kind of takes you back to a place in time or a relationship or a holiday or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it just gives you warm feelings about that time. Yeah. Well, I think you just described perfectly what goes on in our minds when, when I, when I was seeing a counselor, he would ask me, okay, well, you're struggling with binge eating. When do you normally binge eat? Well, like, okay, well, most of the time I binge eat, I sneak out around midnight. And I go and I get a bunch of food from like a fast food place. And so he started going through things. One of the things he told me is what I already mentioned with the whole, the reason your body is sending just this signal that you're hungry is because you're tired. But one of the other things he told me was, well, if it's midnight, when's the last time you've talked to anyone? Well, my parents go to bed probably between eight and nine. Okay, well. That's your mother, not your father. Uh <laughs> Is okay, Joe. Do you spend time with them before that? No, normally I'm in my room. Okay, well, when do you normally like? Well, normally I last talk to them around dinner, which is like six. Okay, so you haven't really talked to anyone six hours, yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, have you what have also been doing the last six hours? And it's sort of getting to the point of the reason I was eating was because I was bored and because I was lonely, mm-hmm. and I was convincing myself that I was hungry, not because I was actually hungry. But because when when one need is unmet was well, not unmet when one need is unmet we try to satisfy it by fulfilling a need that we can have met. Mm-hmm. So when we're lonely we try to eat away that loneliness because we can satisfy our hunger and we can satisfy it abundant. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, abundantly. Mm-hmm. And I think another big part of I know my biggest weakness is visualization. Mm. When we think about what we want to do, we think about like what we want to eat, how much we want to eat, when we want to eat, where we want to eat, all these different details about food. And the more and more it goes out of control, the more and more we focus on it, the more and more we think about it, the more and more it controls us. I mean, like a drug, like an addiction. And for a lot of people, it can be an addiction. And the whole point of that being is the more we visualize the food that we want to eat, the harder it is to change because then we feel like we're missing out and our life isn't as good yeah. without that thing. Yeah. Because well, I was just going to go, because uh, one of my biggest difficulties in the last few months has been since I've become diabetic, I'm trying to eat a lot more salads. And my mm-hmm. favorite green is spinach. Mm-hmm. 
My favorite two vegetables are spinach and broccoli. I normally only have one. Both power vegetables. Those are great vegetables. Yeah, and but for some reason, it's still, even though I legitimately like like both of them, I really like spinach. Like, I've always liked the taste of spinach as long as I can remember. For some reason, whenever I think, oh, I can have some chicken and spinach, make my own little salad, I have, like, this uh, chicken that I cut up, put some mustard, jalapenos, some Cajun seasoning, and then I put spinach with it, I make it this little chicken salad, and I genuinely love doing that. It's probably one of my favorite dinners I've made myself. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. But when I think about, well, I could have that, or I could have, like, fast food, or go buy something else that I that I like... Even though I probably actually physically enjoy the meal I make for myself more. Mm-hmm. You don't have to physically make it for yourself. Well, it's not just that, but oh, I, think I, I feel... I for a lot of people, though. Like, they're so tired at the end of the week. Oh, I'm day. sure that is a big part of it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that my, my, my mind's going... What's going on with my mind, specifically, is that I'm thinking, well, I, I could have that over there. This is in front of me. I already have this. I know how mm. much I like it, but I could have that over there. Mm. Yeah, I just and never thought that way. It, it's it's more like I could be having this other thing that I know I really like, even though this thing I really like is right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it's just this thought of, uh, it's almost like, yeah, you just want something that's more unhealthy, even though you do like the alternative. But that other thing is what's controlling your mind because you're imagining yourself eating it. You're imagining yourself going to that place or making that food or whatever. And at least that's in my experience. That's my greatest struggle. And it's not something that's obvious. It's like subtle the way it takes shape. And it took like a while before I began to realize what was going on in my own mind. Mm. Well, you know, I think that it's, it's really mind over matter. Uh, You really have to change your mindset when you want to lose weight, like you have to put blinders on and you have to be focused. You have to be laser focused and you can't go by how you feel. You need to go by what you know and what you know you should be doing. And I remember your brother, Jake, um, years ago, um, whenever I was talking to him about just struggling, losing weight and everything, he says, mom, you have to decide whether you want to eat to live or live to eat. And, and that really stuck with me. And I, I think about that. It's like, why do we have to have like so much food? Why do we have to have all of this fattening food? What we really need is sustenance. We need to have food that's going to enable us to get up, get through the day, and do what we need to do as a human being. To love God, love others. Like truly, that's what we need. And so if we live to eat, we're going to have those visualizations like you're talking about, right? And so I I think it's important to to like change our mindset. And like um, with this weight loss thing, you know, we started back on this Optavia back in March and did great for the first two months. And then... I wasn't really like going off diet, except I was doing some hacks to make my fuelings taste better. So I was adding more, maybe more cheese or eggs or whatever. And so it was enough though, that it caused me not to be able to lose anymore. I wasn't gaining weight, but I wasn't losing weight. And it's like, wait a minute, if I'm going to eat this food, I'm going to follow their instructions because I want this weight off once and for all. And so it's been like a week and... I've lost like three pounds since then. 
and it's because I'm following the diets. You know, most diets as prescribed, if you follow them, you're going to lose weight. Again, getting back to what I was saying before, the struggle is, is maintaining it because once you've had this history and I've had 60 years of eating, um, you know what your mind says is good, what's comfort food, what you like. Like I'm a, I'm a sugar sweets person, whereas Dave's more of a sweet and salty kind of guy. He'd much rather have the chips and salsa. I'd rather have the chocolate cake or the pumpkin pie or whatever, you know, the M&Ms, whatever, as long as it's sugar, I'd, I'd like it. But that's one of the things why a prescribed diet works for me because it's like, I know I can't have it. It's not on the diet. It's just that simple. And so I don't even have to really think about it. I can't have it. It's just that simple. And I'm pretty good about being able to follow that. Um, but some people don't, like you tried the Optavia diet and you felt like you couldn't do it. No, I, I couldn't do it because w- what the Optavia diet was, it pushed that idea that I was saying my biggest weakness of visualization and thinking this is what I get to have and this is what I don't get to have. It pushed that to its limits. Hmm. Interesting. Because, because that's ultimately kind of what it does. It, is it makes me think this is what I have. I don't get to have all those other things mm-hmm. because I only get to have one meal a day mm-hmm. and I have to have specifically this, specifically this. And I'm not saying that's not healthier because it is. Mm-hmm. Having all those vitamins, making sure you have everything. But it also felt like it made me look like I was losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and and I just, what's one of the biggest things I have to realize is that I think a prescribed diet would be most effective with me, but I think it would also backfire the quickest. And At the end, if yeah. you don't transi- transition properly. And that was what I, that was my main point earlier. It's like any diet's going to, you're going to be successful if you follow it. I mean, these are science. They, 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 it's science. I mean, they've, they've done the research. They know what works. They've got lots of case studies. They know what works if you follow it. So if you follow it, you will lose the weight. Yeah. The key is the transition period and being able to maintain that weight loss. That's the challenge. You cannot go back and have your three double doubles or whatever it is that you're going to have from in and out. And you just, you cannot eat that way. Another thing I remember my doctor telling me um, some years back is about portions in the U.S. Like we serve such big portions. You know, portion sizes should be far smaller than what you get in the average American restaurant. Um, Like half the size. And so generally speaking, most meals that you would get, you should be sharing it with somebody. Yeah. And and that's something that I've wor- tried to get Dave to do. The problem is he's a portion guy. Like he wants more volume. Um, so what I've tried to encourage him to do is why don't we split one and then you can add a salad or add something else to it that's healthy or extra vegetables or whatever um, so that he can still get volume. But I don't need all of that. I just don't. So See, I, I have such a very different thought process that I'm trying to attain because from my perspective, every time I've done results and then transition into healthier habits, it backfires because I don't have the healthier habits as I'm getting the results. I'm constantly thinking of this is what I don't get to do now and I get to do this later. Well, And I'm trying to make it so the 
results are the natural consequences of the gradual change right. of my actual lifestyle. And I think doctors would support you in that and say it's that that's just, what you should do. It's be- just like next to impossible, it feels like at times, because the results and changes are so mentally gradual. Well, exactly. They're very slow. And that's, to me, I'd rather get the weight loss and figure out how to transition and keep it off. Because it's like, I just get to the point, it's like, I'm tired of it. I'm done. I just, I'm going to do it. Suck it up, Bobby. Eat their prescribed food and get the weight off. And that's that's what I'm working on doing. But it's kind of interesting. Um, I think do- doctors would support what you're doing and saying that that is the right way to do it. And I was looking at this one website that uh, recommended, and I'm not even going to give you the website because it's like everybody – Everybody has a different opinion about this and how, <laughs> you know, like what works, what doesn't, because... Like my nutritionist? Well, you know, <laughs> his nutritionist was ridiculous in this carb category. He says he could have six to seven servings of carbs for a meal, and a serving was like, say, a half a cup of rice. Third a cup. It was still two cup. cups of rice. Okay, but still two cups of rice, that's, that's a, ridiculous. That's an insane amount. Half, so. A half a cup is typically a serving size for, for rice. But let me get into this. So the best diets that this particular site said was the Mediterranean diet, and that's actually the diet my doctor recommended for me when I saw her about a month ago for something else. And, and that was when I was kind of like at this plateau and not really – losing anymore but it was because I was you know like I said I I was sabotaging myself by not just following the de- diet to a T and um, so she recommended the Mediterranean diet and that diet is where you have high and healthy fats olive oil fish it's rich in fruits veggies um, whole grains leg- legumes and nuts I actually think I could do the Mediterranean diet it doesn't really seem too bad um, then you know it is plant-based uh, it, it does eliminate um, animal products. So, you know, the problem with that is I like my steak. I like my chicken and we really have limited red meat. We rarely eat red meat yeah. and we eat like mostly chicken or seafood. So we have done that. We have made that change and that's good. Um, but some of these diets, they've eliminated like meat altogether. And that one, those just don't work for us because we really want. That would be impossible for me. Well, it, it just, <laughs> it just doesn't work for us. And so Unless, I never even yeah. heard of these diets. So the engine two diet is a plant-based diet plus no sugar or salt. It's like, shoot me now. And then the flexitarian diet, never heard of this. It's a vegan <laughs> diet, but. You can add animal products in when you desire them. Well, how is that a diet then? Because you might desire them every day. So I'm not quite sure how that would work. So I'm flexitarian. Then. You're flexitarian. So I thought this was pretty funny. So the next one was the worst diets that they suggested was um, keto, paleo, uh, Weight Watchers. Now, okay, with all due respect, okay, Weight Watchers has actually been a good diet program for many, many decades, and it's like, my diet. If you follow it, you're going to lose the weight. But you do need to be able to. It's a low calorie diet, and so both of our diets are low calorie. And um, it, it's important that you follow it, and that again, that you maintain, you transition properly, and you maintain. And that doesn't mean you can go back out and have three or four pieces of pizza. If you want pizza, have a piece and have a huge salad. Have a piece of pizza. That's fine. 
a, you know, a decent sized piece of pizza, not a little piece of pizza. I, I think actually that just reminded me of another conversation I had with Max. Sorry for interrupting. That's but okay. I'm going to make everyone who does love eating, especially pizza, scream inside a little bit. Why do you have to grab even a full slice? Why can't you, no, <laughs> cut it in half? Just eat that. Well, you could Wait if it's a, few a big minutes. piece. Yeah. Well, not no, not even if it's a big piece, just an average piece. Well, but and I'm saying it needs it, to be at least a size where you feel like you're having pizza. No, and I understand not a that. Bite. I understand that. <laughs> but the whole point of him reaching to that me is why do you feel so forcibly compelled? Because his whole his whole point, he wanted me to have an internal reaction of like, what the hell? Sorry for even saying that right there. No, but I, don't, uh, I guess I don't even understand what he's trying to say. Well, it's, it's, it's like, why do you feel like your life will be less because of the volume of enjoyment you get, as long as you do get to enjoy Again, it? Again, I don't understand the question. It's because you're comforted as you're eating the food. So that's why you're doing it. So I'm not sure what he's that's, looking for, what kind of an answer he's looking for. But the bottom line is we have to retrain our thought process. We cannot look at it that way. We can't look at it as food giving us comfort at all. I know that's his point. It's the, it, That's it's, his point is when... Remember, eat to live. That then Again, yes. that's what I was saying. That's his point is when we make your feel point. <laughs> that reaction of like, wait, what do you mean eat half a slice of pizza? That's insane. Like, I'm sure if my dad is listening to this, and I'm sure he will, this first thought is the same thing as like, what? Mm-hmm. Why would I eat half a slice? of Like, if I'm going to eat, I'll just eat a full slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. And that that's sort of the whole point is to get you to recoil a little bit as, well, why would I do that? Well, it's just to get to the uh, that uh, the idea of we look to that food as comfort. We feel like right. we have to have this and enjoy the entire thing. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to. Like one of the biggest things he challenged me on when I me and him talked about binge eating, he wanted, he asked one of my favorite places to go to, and I said Del Taco. He said, "Okay, if you go and buy their tacos whenever they have their like Thursday Taco Day thing, and you go and you get a bunch of soft tacos, why do you have to eat the tortillas?" You can just empty them all out on a plate and just eat that as a make it a make a shift taco salad. It mm-hmm. won't be as good, but you don't have to worry about that. You can think about this is what you get to enjoy. Mm-hmm. This think is about a, what you can have and what you can enjoy. Yeah, this is this is a privilege. Like mm-hmm. this is still delicious. This is still a good. I mean, it's definitely not high quality because it's Del Taco. I would just suggest <laughs> if you're going to do that, don't do that. I'm I'm going to suggest that you use your crock pot. You make oh, absolutely. your meat in the crock pot. So here's a tip, people. Honestly, for any kind of taco salad or uh, tacos, burritos, even if you want to use the tortillas, put whatever meat you want, whether it's chicken breast or a pork roast or lean pork roast, lean beef roast, throw it in the crock pot with a jar of salsa. That's all you need to do. Put it in for like 8 to 10 hours on low. At the end of the day, it makes fabulous. It's fabulous, and it's so good on anything. And so... You know, you go to Costco, you buy the five pack of the romaine lettuce, you cut it all up, get a Tupperware container, you do that at the beginning of the week, and you have lettuce, and then you made your crock pot meat, and you can eat that for days. And then, you know, you can have shredded cheese and some salsa to put on there, um, and, and you're good to go. And that that's a great meal, and I'm sorry, yeah. but that's going to taste a whole lot better than anything you could get from Del Taco. Oh, I 100% agree, but it's, it's more like you find yourself in the situation you're struggling to say no. You already bought the food. Well, what can you do now? Throw it, it in the trash. <laughs> I know yeah, that you don't want to waste the money, that's, but that's, you might have to and do that's, that. No, sometime. I mean that's that's the idea. I've actually have done that. There's been multiple mm-hmm. times in the last 
year where I went on a full binge eating like fast food buying food spree, brought home thirty bucks worth of fast food, looked it at myself, ate like a half a burger, and I said, "What am I even doing? I don't even like yeah. this that well, much." And I just throw it away. I just threw that's it away. Awesome. And part of me hated the fact I threw it away. But at the same time, it's like, I do fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I do think that everything, like, th- there is not, there's no one size fits all here. Like, no, there's we not. all have diets that we, that will work for each of us that won't work for maybe another one. So, you know, like this site said, keto's terrible diet because it's not sustainable. You know, I disagree. There's so many low carb options um, that you can have that we did low carb years ago and we're successful with that again it's like the other diets you can't go off it and expect for your weight not to change but <laughs> yeah. i i actually think the keto diet you can it doesn't mean you can never have any treats or anything like that that would be off the diet but generally speaking i don't personally think that would be a hard diet to i think i could follow the keto i could follow the the um, Mediterranean. The problem with that is like I definitely need to have a little bit of dairy. Uh, cheese is my thing. Like, can I just say this? I blame you for that because it's like, also my thing. It's, it's like seriously my go-to if I'm really, really hungry. Like I'll go, I buy those little, oh, I love Sam's Club. They have like this bag of these little packages of cheese and it's half Gouda, half Havarti cheese. Mm. And they're each each one is eighty calories, but it's like my go to snack, and I'll have that and pop some um, little um, juicy tomatoes. That's that's like my go to, and so for me not to be able to have cheese at all, I can even eat light cheese, or I try I try to buy low fat. Um, I try to buy like you know the you know mozzarella is is low fat generally do you buy, like you like to buy those the, the mozzarella cheese sticks don't you i and, yes that's what i was gonna say I'll, I'll do the cheese sticks or i like the pepper jack sticks which are good but those aren't necessarily low fat but again these are all under 100 calories mm-hmm. and if you know you're gonna have a few uh, pieces of tomato with it those are virtually and, no calories and having that is also much better than going and getting something that's a lot more unhealthy well that's what i'm saying so it's my go-to so that any diet that isn't going to enable me to have some dairy products eggs i love eggs i'm sorry i need to have eggs so uh, i'm just not going to be able to follow it um so a couple things that have come up recently over the last year or two intermittent fasting um your dad tried it uh, and he he, he effectively kind of does it every day same yeah and so unintentionally but for me like no way i'm sorry i just can't do it because i wake up hungry and so i it's not it doesn't work for me i cannot do the intermittent fasting i just don't find it effective at all for me i i have noticed uh i want you to go 16 hours Uh, without and they're even saying like you know we grew up when dad dad is diabetic and when he was first diagnosed i mean the big thing about diabetics is they eat you know, like small meals every two to three hours, which actually that's what Optavia does. So it kind of was in line. And, um, but with the intermittent fasting, they're saying that it's actually good for diabetics. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah, who knows? And then I, that might change because my nutritionist said intermittent fasting was terrible for diabetics. But then again, she also said I needed to have six servings of right. carbs. Yeah, she she really uh, you need to get another nutritionist. I mean, I I told you I talked to my my actual doctor, and they mm-hmm. it was funny because they're they're both Asian, mm-hmm. so rice is a big part of their diet. And when mm-hmm. I would told them and showed them, pretty racist. Uh, they both looked at each other, looked at me, looked at each other. Then they're like. Yeah, we're both Asian. We know that is not like that is an enormous <laughs> amount it, of food. It is. That two cups of they're rice like, is a lot of rice. Yeah, they're like when we're one guy was like, yeah, when I'm really hungry, I probably eat three quarters of a cup, and then the other guy was like, yeah, if I'm really hungry, I eat half a cup, and I was like, yeah, when I'm really hungry, I eat a full cup, mm-hmm. and that's still like I've made a full cup of rice before a few yeah. times, and that's an insane yeah. amount of rice. Yeah, it insane. is. It's a lot of rice. It's uh, a lot of rice. But to uh, oh, sorry. I was, was going to say some one thing I've noticed for me is also depending on like your medication stuff like that can also change your diet because I used to sure. not eat in the mornings ever because I used to be exactly like dad. But I've noticed that if I there there are certain mornings if I take my diabetes medicine and my stomach will just get really grumbly and upset mm. because I I'm supposed to eat it with food. Mm. Excuse me. Excuse me again. <laughs> So if you eat it with uh, food, you don't have that same. Uh, most, most of the time, I, I if I don't eat it with food, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, I do eat it with food. I never, I, I never have that problem. I see. And so it's like, oh, I'm really hungry this morning. I guess I should eat a few cashews, mm. and I'll be fine. Or well, and, and nuts, like nuts are actually a great resource because nut oil, that's a good healthy fat. Avocados. Don't say I'm nuts. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. You're looking at me like you have no clue what I'm talking about. This is a commercial from like probably when before you were born. I could assume that it was something crazy. Yes, because I am crazy. Anywho, um, but nuts is a good uh, snack. It's it's a good go-to food. But the problem is you have to limit yourself. I mean, you should really only have about six to ten nuts. I probably and, eat like a small handful. Yeah, and and so they're very fattening. I probably have so like it's 15. Good. It's healthy fat, but it's fattening. So you have to really, if you can restrict yourself on how many you have, then you're okay. Well, because that's the thing is when for me, like I'm not actually, I'm still not hungry in the mornings. I just feel sick in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And I know that feeling will go away if I put food in it. Um, another thing that's been new over the last year or two is Noom, N-O-O-M. Yeah, my small group leader is really into it. Yeah, you know, some people are totally into Noom, and basically it's a psychology-based program. It's not a diet per se. So you can do any diet in association with Noom, and basically what it is is that you define, I did a 10-day trial, so I, I know what it's about, um, although I haven't, like, I, it, it wasn't for me, so, because I knew what I needed to do. I didn't need the reminders. I found them annoying, um, so you set it up how you want it, like how many reminders you want. You, like, right, oh, it was just so annoying. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I just, I just, I said, I love you. Cause I know yeah. how different we are. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, I think Noom would be fantastic for me. I just don't want to spay. Uh, yeah. Spay. I don't want to pay money it's for something I already, much, I already, I don't want to pay money for something I already know. You know what though? I paid you, a no. lot of money for counseling. So I already, no, yeah. no, I'm going to disagree with you here. If you think Noom is going to work, I highly recommend it. Oh. And that's for any of you out there who really need like encouraging words, reminders, things like that, I would encourage you to join up with Noom. It doesn't cost that much. It's like, what, 100 bucks for six months? It's, it's not expensive. So, I mean, compared to other diet programs, I mean, it's nothing. 
And so this is, again, really just, uh, and you set it up how you want to be reminded. You set up on it, like, all the criteria, what you're looking for. Um, Our doctor, uh, she had recommended it, too, when she was talking about the Mediterranean diet. She was recommending Noom, and she said her son had, had used it, and her son had gone away to college, and he was always thin. And he went away to college, and he literally gained 90 pounds. And... I mean, like, he was athletic and everything like that, and he gained 90 pounds. And he went on Noom, and he's lost it all. In fact, he's lost more than that, and he's, like, now gotten into the whole exercise bug. And so now he's almost obsessed with that. But that's a better obsession than food. Yeah, and I, sure. I wasn't, to clarify, I wasn't trying to say <laughs> Noom is was worthless or anything. It was more like I've already spent and invested so much money. I know money. what you're saying, but yeah. that's not a lot of money. Considering if you think that Noom is going to work for you, I would highly recommend it. I will pay for it. Like, okay. seriously. Again, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> I feel like you're interrupting me before I was finishing my sorry. own thought. It's okay. Is I don't remember exactly what I was going to say I'm anymore. sorry. I it's thought you okay. were saying because it was the money. That was what no, you were No, no, no. It was saying I've already invested so much. I already right. know everything that it would offer. The things that it would offer No. that... But you're not uh, you. The things I would need for me specifically, I would need physical people to talk to. I don't. I don't need a little thing to remind me. I already know what I need to do. I need to be able to confess. I need to be able to talk to people. But they do that electronically. Like that's the kind of thing. So what are you struggling with today? And you actually literally type in your answer and you communicate with somebody. They that's actually assign somebody to you. See, that's actually really cool. I that's, didn't know that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It can be a real effective tool, especially if you're kind of maybe more by yourself. You don't, you're not like living in the house maybe with significant other or something you can kind of help you stay accountable um, and somebody to talk to. Yeah, no, it's actually very effective. Yeah, I think no, that's, that's the case. If people, that's the case, then good. that would be really effective for me. I'll need to actually really look into I it. I think you need, you can do a 10-day trial. I would suggest you do that. Do a 10-day trial and see if it works for you. Like, to me, I just found it annoying um, because it's like, in conjunction, especially with Optavia, I think if you're on, like, um, just... Uh, you know, like really changing your your eating habits way you're doing it, it could be very helpful, you know, because it's going to encourage you. I mean, you have to weigh in every day. You have to list down everything that you eat. It, it, it's asking you about your struggles it and, and what your trigger points are and all that, and, and they actually do assign somebody to communicate with you. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, my <laughs> – I wonder why my Rogo mentor, Dengi Roman – I'm just joking, calling him out. I hope he's listening as I make a joke right now. Uh, no, he. I didn't know all that. That's actually really good. He just kept saying, oh, I should, you should look into it, as he told me none of that about it. Like, those were all the things I mm. wish he had told me about. Yeah. But again, he might uh, not know what you need. And that's, that's true. And that's why we're all so different. That's true. Right? We're all unique. And and the, the diet that affects true. or works best for us might not work for somebody else. Like another another thing that's been big for the past couple decades is bariatric surgery, where they oh, go yeah. in and they cut out part of your stomach, they shrink. You have to first lose a bunch of weight through like a liquid diet, and then you they you know you. I mean, it's a very serious surgery, but and then after that, you can only eat very small amounts 
until, I mean, it takes a long time to kind of get to the point where you can eat, say, more normally. Not that you would normally ever do that. And I've seen success stories on both sides. Like I have a friend, uh, actually a listener, that um, has been very successful at maintaining the weight loss and everything. And um, shout out to Tom. Good job. And, but then I have, (laughs) um, but, but, you know, I, I know some other people that have struggled after the bariatric surgery and also the lap band struggles with that where they just really weren't able to keep the weight off. And they ultimately went back and they stretched their stomach back out. Yeah. And like, I would think that that's even worse, like than anything that you could have done. You know, like, because you have this stomach that they, it was really shrunk to a small piece. And then now that small piece has now become very, very large. I would think, okay, I know this sounds terrible, but I would think it could explode or something. You know, I'm not sure how that works, but that sounds awful. Well, it's it's so (laughs) interesting to me, too, because I know, I, I feel like I've learned so much of that is to some extent in our heads of the, like what our brain is telling us if we're actually hungry or not, because I've been the last few months since I've become diagnosed diabetic and I've been given medicine. One of the medicine, and if you guys watch TV, I've actually seen this in commercials. It's called Ozempic that I've been taking. I'm not saying to go take it or not, but one of the uh, things that's done for me is that it makes me feel full most of the time. Like not, I mean, not like all the day around the clock, but like if I eat a meal, say if I eat one cheeseburger, Mm-hmm. suddenly that feels enough mm-hmm. and what, awesome. it just i mean it just helps it is enough and it is yeah and i just like i go to eat something and i'm like oh i feel actually pretty full but the thing is not like i've gone through uh any of those surgeries or anything but what i've noticed is because a couple weeks ago i don't remember how why i was i was just really busy i was I had to do all these things and I, I actually forgot to take it a few days in a row after i was supposed to and normally around the sixth or seventh day, I my stomach will stop getting this that as much of a strong signal that I'm saying I'm full when I'm when I'm not or mm-hmm. when I normally wouldn't be. And I noticed I still was. And it wasn't because the medicine was still working, it was because I had regrown used to a new amount of food. Mm. And so Good. my stomach had just begun to kind of shrink on its own a little bit. And mm-hmm. so it's a big part of that is just so much of it's in our heads, the way we think, the way we let ourselves feel, and just the way our brain sends chemicals to the rest of our body. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple other things that I wanted to mention um, years ago, even prior to doing the low-carb diet, we did a low-fat diet. That really didn't work. And I can see why it doesn't work because having good fats, you know, like the avocado, olive oil, um peanut butter, things like that. Mm, those it are helps. some good fats. They are. <laughs> it really helps to slow the absorption so it makes you feel fuller longer. And so when you do the low-fat thing and you're not focused at all on carbs, you're eating so many probably simple carbs and, and you're just like so hungry because you're not eating any of the fats associated with it. I remember when we first did the um, – we did the South Beach diet, oh gosh, 20 years ago or something or more than, more than that. And I remember reading that they said, if you are going to have a piece of bread, a piece of toast, be sure that you put butter on it. I thought to myself, that's the strangest thing I've read. But but it's because it helps to, 
you know, keep that in your system longer. That those those mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah. So of course, butter in excuse me in and of itself is not necessarily a good fat choice. I mean, again, everything in moderation, right? The key is we probably didn't eat everything in moderation to get to our weight problem. Yeah. Right. We ate too much of something, too much that gave us comfort, and and so. Um, I, I guess that also kind of reminded me of something I wanted to say at the very beginning of the podcast of saying apologize to anyone who struggles with the opposite side of this problem of uh, the, you want to gain weight. Because I do know some people who are like that. Yeah, and I can't even imagine that. Like, seriously, I can't. can't even imagine, like, oh, gee, you can eat whatever you want to try to uh, gain weight. I just can't even imagine Well, for that. a lot of them, they, they can't. They have to find specific diets uh-huh. in order to maintain. Like, I know Will Cunningham, as he was trying to, li- like, work out, he had to find a very specific diet for him in order to put on uh, weight because he wanted mm-hmm. to make sure it was muscle. And if mm-hmm. he ate the wrong diet, it would either go to fat and he would just end up burning it. Because mm. he had a good metabolism. Mm. So it was like if he didn't eat the specifically correct thing, it was like his metabolism, he couldn't gain weight if he wanted to. Mm. Uh, and this is just to say, I'm so I'm sure there's someone out there like me thinking like, oh, that's a great problem to have. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that. But, but at the same time, it's... Dad probably thinking that. Actually, uh, I'm not because I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be in that mindset, eat to live, not live to eat. So. Yeah, but I mean, it's... Uh, it's more so, I think, to remind a lot of the people who are heavier like me and you and dad that there are people who have those opposite struggles and we don't want to shame them for the struggles that they have either. Not at all, for sure. Absolutely. Another thing that I wanted to mention is sometimes um, there's so many products in the market. I mean, there's so many diet products and it's like, you know, you don't know what what's okay to, to eat, what's not okay to eat, like even if it says it's sugar-free, okay, so that's an example of something sugar-free, but that doesn't mean it's calorie-free because normally if it's sugar-free, they pump up the fats. If it's fat-free, they pump up the sugar. So it's really hard to find anything processed that you can have. So the bottom line is is that eat natural foods. If you can focus your eating on natural foods, vegetables grown in the garden, fruits that grow on the tree, the, the the protein in the animals, you know, the lean versions of that or swim in the ocean, um, those are your best choices for long-term, Absolutely. not only like weight loss, but also for just the health benefits that, that's associated with it. So that's kind of like what I wanted to talk about today. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to share. No, I think that hit a lot of what I wanted to talk about, as well as talking a little bit more of the psychology of it. Sorry if anyone heard my dog headbutt a table. He was about to pull our recording device off the table, and I stopped him. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well, one of the quick things, I guess I had a couple quick questions for maybe a bit part of the psychology of it. How do we toe the line between celebrating success and letting it get to our heads? So, like, say you're doing that diet and you're being successful. Mm-hmm. You want to celebrate that success. But I feel like a lot of times we, when we start saying, like, oh, we lost so much weight or we do this or we make some, some sort of a reason well, in my our celebration head. would be new clothes. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't have anything to do with food. Which is great. That's, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, that's a physically healthier uh, oh, but I'm response. obsessed with new clothes. Yeah, so, I'm saying it's not necessarily know. emotionally healthier, but it is right. definitely. It's right. And it's, it's expensive. Physi- yeah, it's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I think your dad probably wishes that I would, you know, be ready to celebrate food-wise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're probably thinking like, hey, you could just invite me out and I'll go with you and eat with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I guess it's like, how would, how would you toe the line between, hey, I've lost all this weight. I'm not quite, or maybe I have attained like my goal weight, or maybe I'm not quite there. And how do we celebrate that? We genuinely acknowledge the effort we put in, but not get too much in our own heads or like in over our head. Do you feel like that's not a struggle for you? No, I don't think that's a struggle for me because my, my focus would be, okay, now what's my next challenge? You know, I mean, I I just kind of don't go there, you know, I mean, like I said, I do enjoy the new clothes, but you know, I feel like the Lord has, has enabled me to do this, you know, like he's given me the strength uh, in order to keep going and so then he has other plans for me. So what else am I going to do with my time? Yeah, no, that, I efforts. think that's a, a great response. I wonder how much of that also might be a bit of your Enneagram too, helping you unintentionally. Sure, could be. Because I'm I know. a challenger. Uh, well, not just that, know. but also the achiever of, the achiever. oh, I, I, I attained this totally. goal. Now what's the next goal? Very important. Very uh, important to set goals. And once you achieve them, yeah, I mean, I think there should be some celebration. But like I said, I... I guess, like for me, on the weight loss, to me, the the fun part is the new clothes. That's also really interesting to me too, because I know of all the enneagram types, the three is the one who wants to be celebrated the most when they do attain success. Hmm. Uh, from what I understand, and that's not to say you specifically, because we're not just yeah, a number. I'm not really that. I'm not I'm about. Absolutely that. not that way. No, I'm not about that either. But I know, and the reason part of me doesn't want to do that is because I know if I start celebrating success too much that will let me think as if I can slack off totally and, and that's I how think, you gain the weight back because you start isn't that how you do it anyway like on weight gain I mean one of yeah. the struggles is oh I can have this piece of cake or I can have this ice cream or I can have this burger whatever loaded with all this stuff and it's not going to hurt me it's just one but the problem is is that one turns into two into three into yeah. four enter other things and, and pretty soon you're yep. pulling out those bigger clothes back out and i think or buying more i think that's a struggle a lot of people overweight have but i mean it's also i mean if you look at enneagram that's specifically something the nine definitely struggles with a lot because of that idea of being able to slack off the sin of laziness mhm totally it's just interesting, especially just we talking about. Oh, I can I can have just one. Whenever me and my dad did talk a couple of weeks ago about some of my eating habits, uh, in our heart to heart, one of the things he told me, and I mean I know it's true, but it's not something I ever really think about too much because he hasn't smoked in so long. But he said, Brian, if someone were to hand me like a cigar and I smoke today, I could be addicted to smoking tomorrow. Totally. Yep. And he hasn't smoked since fifteen. Oh. 16, 17 ago. years at long least. Time ago. And yeah. it's just to say, like, he's overcome this so much. But at the same time, if it's like, if you give your mental enemy, spiritual enemy, whoever you're imagining is targeting you in this, whether it's yourself, Satan, or the world, whatever, if you just give them a little bit of ground, they'll take a mile. They'll, they'll, sure. they'll take everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to do, touch on. No, I don't think so. I just I, I just want y'all to know that we know, we personally can attest to, we are experts in this particular category because we have both struggled with weight loss. And like I said, I've, um, I've been on diets for probably 40, 38 years, I should say, mostly. And 
um, it's been an issue for me for many, many years. Yeah. And I know it's been an issue for you since high school or after high school. And, you know, it's hard when you really enjoy food and it is a comfort. But I really do think the bottom line is you have to change your mindset to think about food as, you know, needing to have it in order to sustain your life, but not for enjoyment per se. I mean, yes, you can enjoy it, but I would be wary of anything you enjoy too much because too much of a good thing we know isn't good. You get to enjoy it, but it doesn't control your life. Right. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So I think the last couple of things is always leaving with some verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one what of the first things I wanted to include actually isn't a verse. This is from my spiritual formation class Okay. at uh, Talbot. This is one of the biggest things. When, when I heard this, I was like, oh. Uh, and it's just in spiritual formation, so in our spiritual growth, the most important part of the process of spiritually growing is including God. I was like, mm-hmm. well, no doy. When we're repenting, if you don't include him in the process and always let him be the first thing in that process, we're trying to perfect ourselves. And that also includes our dieting and our Mm. health habits. So when I go binge eating, I go out and I spend 20, 30 bucks on fast food like an idiot and I just eat it all and... Whatever. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I, mean, I shouldn't no, call I'm myself No, I'm shaking my there. head because I seriously, personally can't comprehend uh, eating that much. I just can't because I've yeah. never been like a huge eater. I'm, I've am i been a sweet eater and like a grazer or so. And, and so it's, or if you go on the vice versa, if you're like you or Pap, where you guys are more of a sweets person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just go way overboard on sweets or right. whatever it is that you end up going overboard or maybe it's not even eating. Maybe eating isn't your struggle and you struggle with something else. Mm-hmm. Whenever we mess up, our first thought can't be, I can't believe I messed up again. I got to do this, then this, and then this. That can't be our first thought. Our first thought always has to bring God back into the picture. Mm -hmm. God, I love you. God, I'm sorry. God, please help me. Mm -hmm. God, work with me in this. Mm -hmm. Because as long as he's not the first part of that process, we're beginning that process of spiritual growth by ourselves. Right. And makes sense. When you try and save yourself... Yeah. You go nowhere. Yep. (laughs) All all you do is fail. Can't do it. We can only do it with him. Uh, And so then the two verses that I have, one is Matthew 6.25, which might be a little bit odd for those of you who know its context. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor to your body as to what you put on. Is life not more than food, the body not more than clothing? And that seems like it can make sense if you know the immediate context. Jesus is saying, well, don't worry about starving. I feel like it also, that sense of anxiety can also fit in our modern day context. Mm-hmm. Jesus totally. commanding us to not be anxious about our needs. Right. Uh, for the original audience, this meant having a meal and having mm-hmm. clothes. But for us, it still applies in letting us know that he'll take care of us. We don't need to worry about what we're eating, what we're not eating, what we don't get to have, what we do get to have. We get to focus on knowing God and saying, Jesus, thank you for whatever you've given me to eat. I get to enjoy this meal. And so, yeah, it's just being focused on don't be anxious over what you want to eat later, what you want to eat right now, and what you have eaten. Mm-hmm. God is in control. And that's not to say you can be lazy about it either, mm-hmm. but to not give in to fear. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Galatians 5.16. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Boy, that's easier said than done. It is, because right? then we're like, well, how do we walk in the Spirit? wow yeah and that's that can be a whole other conversation topic we eventually have is how do we walk best in the spirit 
how do we actually do that in our daily life? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just to say if, if we want to attain spiritual health in our eating, we also need to include the Holy Spirit, we who's our conscious, our guide. Yeah. We okay. can't do this on our own. We can't. We can only do it we, with his help. We need. We can only do it with, with his, his strength and with mm-hmm. his help. And then we also need to include each other because mm-hmm. especially as Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ, we are Jesus to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't mean in some sort of superficial or... No, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying for the yeah. listeners, but right. because God will use us to impact each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So with well, that, did you have any final thoughts? Nope. Just, just know that, um, I know it's, it's hard. It's just so physically challenging, but you can do this. You can become healthier by making good choices. And, um, anytime you want to talk about it, let me know. I'm, I'm happy to talk with you about it. And if you have any thoughts, questions, remarks, please email us at realworldpod at gmail.com. And thanks for visiting with us today. Yes, thank you guys so much. Have a great week, guys. Yes, have a great week.